Hey, Wes, great to see you. How you doing? I'm okay, Vince. This is uh, obviously this is not what we had scripted, right? For the spring, yeah. it's uh, it's taken a little bit to get adjusted to, but it's been okay. Um, you know, I, I found some sort of a routine every day, and uh, I found enough work to keep me going, especially with the draft and things like that. So this is this has been all right. But uh, like a lot of people, I'm trying to follow the uh, the guidance of the medical folks and, and stay away from folks and shelter in place and and that kind of thing. So trying to do what's right to help us hopefully get back to normal one day. Well, in doing so many different things in broadcasting, as you do play-by-play and sports talk and other things, talk about that adjustment that you've gone through and trying to change what you do from an everyday basis there at home base. That's a good question. Well, there's a couple of things to us in my particular situation that are different. One is our television show on the ACC network went on hiatus after March the 13th. So we haven't done a live television show. And I was, I had an apartment in Charlotte. I was living there to, to do the morning show with Mark Packer. So since the show's gone on hiatus, I've actually come back to my home. My wife is from Cartersville. We've had a house here for five years, a couple miles away from my in-laws and that kind of thing. So it's given me an opportunity to come back home and, and be here uh, since mid-March. And that's been, that's been good because in Charlotte, you know, just in an apartment by yourself, functionally working, you know, stir crazy would have set in pretty quick, I think. Um, here, it's been okay. I, I've been able to uh, kind of get the setup here at home. I have a an industry term here, Comrex unit, that allows me to do Sirius XM and do some of the things like that. I do a weekly radio show in Raleigh. Um, I do some things, obviously, with uh, with the Falcon organization. We're going to do a uh, an NFL draft show on Thursday night for the first round that will involve Dave Archer, myself, and Mike Conti here in the Atlanta area. So, some of that's been normal to what this time of year would be. What's not been normal is no spring football. I was supposed to do Pittsburgh and NC State and Florida State spring football games. Um, we were going to do some things with our daily show that obviously we're not going to be able to do. And then the unknown is kind of also out there. And I think that's probably where you and I fall is, you know, what's this going to be from a business perspective to college athletics? Uh, not just the NFL and the NBA. We kind of know how those things work, and those will be big-ticket items too. But in this part of the country where college athletics and in particular college football is so important, I think people are starting to get their arms around the fact that, you know, we, we're going to have to have some patience here potentially with what we know as college football in 2020. Visiting with Wes Durham, voice of the Atlanta Falcons and also part of the ACC Network, joining us here on 99.1 The Sports Animal. Just a quick word on the ACC Network experience for you in its early stages of existence. Well, it's been just better than six months we were on the air, and it was it was great. Really good group of people to be associated with. I feel fortunate that, that I was asked to join them uh, in March a year ago to do not only the morning show, but also be involved in play-by-play and I uh, thought we were off to a good start. Uh, I like to use the analogy of the plane going down the runway. Um, you know, we were building up speed, taking off last August, and then, you know, you're still climbing a little bit. I think it takes a year and a half or so to climb and maybe even two years. I, I think the SEC network had done a really good job in five years of kind of getting to a point where they had a comfortable altitude to keep that analogy alive a little bit. And, and in talking with Ryan McGee and Peter Burns and some of the people involved on that, I think our growth is really significant. Um, We did some really good things showcasing sports that otherwise probably wouldn't have gotten a lot of exposure in the first six months, Vince. 
but I think the, the real sweet spot of the network was going to be some of the things, unfortunately, were going to happen in the spring, baseball, softball. Uh, we were going to do some coverage of, obviously, the track and field championships, men's and women's golf. Uh, field hockey is a big sport in the ACC. We were going to have some teams battling for field hockey supremacy, things like that. So it's, you know, those type deals that we just didn't get to in the calendar that I think are, are frustrating and disappointing this year, but uh, certainly are things that we have on the table for future seasons. I know it's a complicated question and so many layers to try to answer, but just in your big picture feel of it, what do you think about the NFL and college football in terms of a return at some point? Well, I think first thing we have to realize, and I've known you long enough to, you know, that I think they're two different sports entirely. And I talk about them as if they're two different sports. Yes, they're both football, but they're two different types. I think we're going to have to think of this as two different types of football coming back. Um, the NFL is a multi-billion dollar business, um, you know, where the television revenues and the market shares and all those things come into play, Vince. And college football is a different animal altogether when it comes to something like a pandemic. And, and here's why I think that. Number one, you have to remember that all these college campuses are essentially communities unto themselves whether they're governed by the state, whether they're a private institution or whatever the case may be. So while you have you know, 14 members of the Southeastern Conference, um, you know, you've got different dynamics that are in play there because you have some private schools like Vanderbilt, you have public institutions spread out all over the Southeast, but the state or the Commonwealth of Kentucky may be different than the state of Tennessee that may be different from the state of Alabama. You've got to keep all that in mind. Um, and I think that is going to be a real critical piece to how college football comes back. I think here's the other thing, too, that we've that fans may have forgotten. I think those of us in the business of this have not is that the five commissioners of Power Five that's basically shut down college basketball. The NCAA said they were going to have a tournament without fans. Remember that? That was on yep. like Wednesday. And then on Thursday is when the Power Five conferences got together and said we're not playing. And then it was after that where the NCAA said we're not having the tournament. Right. You got to remember that Greg Sankey and John Swafford of the SEC and ACC and these three other commissioners are all going to have a big, big say in how this goes. And while everybody wants it back, there is one underlying thing here, and that is college athletics is a community-driven event. I mean, think of it in the SEC and the ACC you're not going to have just a football game be staged and the community of Knoxville or Starkville or Tuscaloosa or Lexington, Kentucky or Tallahassee, Clemson, Raleigh, North Carolina, Charlottesville, Virginia, not be impacted by that. And we've got to be thinking broader in the collegiate model than we do in the NFL model. And I think that hasn't been spoken of enough but we're not ready for it to be spoken of yet because right. we got to get to some medical people. We've got to trust the health experts. We've got to, you know, if I can for 10 seconds say we need to drop the partisanship and move on the same path here a little bit um, because that's where this needs to go. This is a, you know, college athletics is one thing. Pro sports is another. And I think you're going to see some differentials as we come back from it. 
Wes Durham joining us here on 99.1, the sports animal. Let's talk about the Atlanta Falcons. As you mentioned, you're going to be a part of that draft day special and everyone is handling the draft remotely. We're hearing about the league going through the mock drafts and having issues and things like that. But I'm just curious from the Falcon standpoint, how they're approaching this draft with the circumstances they've got. Well, I think Atlanta has uh, has been pretty forward about, you know, talking about how the connections and the computer stuff and all the technology is going to work. Thomas Dimitrov and Dan Quinn have, uh, in fact, earlier today had a uh, had a presser, what we now know as a presser, uh, to discuss what uh, what they were going to do. And, and I think that I think they're pretty well set at 16. Now, Atlanta has always been aggressive in the draft. Uh, yeah. They've moved up more than they've moved back. Uh, last year, they moved back and then also found a way to back in a pick at the back of the first round by cashing in two twos. Look, I, I have no doubt they could pick at 16 as comfortably as they could maybe package something up and move up or move back. I tend to think they may move back this year, Vince, only because I think what they're looking for is available at 16. But they also lost a second round pick, one of their six. Um when they traded uh, for Hayden Hurst, uh, the Baltimore tight end after Austin Hooper signed a free agent deal. So uh, I guess in some way I'm telling you, I think it's, it's just as easy at 16 as it is anywhere in the first round for them. And uh, they need more than likely somebody on defense. Now that doesn't mean they won't take somebody offensively, but if you, if you told me today, and we're talking on a Monday before the Thursday draft, I'm telling you, they're still going defense more than likely the secondary could be linebacker. But again, how many times have we seen the draft where something happens from like pick four down to pick nine and somebody goes, why in the world they pick them? And it flips everything over and Atlanta could be the beneficiary of something that way and take a player that we're not suspecting uh, at 16 that route too. Yeah, especially if their trades and high level talent slides down unexpectedly and yeah, it could get crazy. Wes, one thing I like to do with our guests is just have some fun questions to close things out. So I'm going to put up on the dry erase board. Hopefully you can see it. Three for V questions. So I got a question about each of these three things on our Zoom video. One, what room are you in? Two, do you have a dog nearby that can join us on the video? And three, tell us about the last time you were in Knoxville, Tennessee. Wow. Um, I am in a room that is adjacent to our bedroom uh, that my wife actually had thought when I moved to Charlotte, she could use as kind of her little office area. That's gone. Uh, because You've I can't replace already. Wes, huh? Oh yeah. There's a couch here, the whole bit. I got uh, the back deck is right there. The backyard, which uh, in fact, I'll show you this because everybody ought to see my view. They alternate between cotton one year and soy the next year. And my wife's parents have lived here since the, uh, late 1960s vents and they know the family we live in a subdivision we're in the back of the subdivision that backs up to this farm and people say every time they see a picture off my deck they go "Wes, you got an unbelievable farm yeah well as far as you know i do <laughs> uh i don't have a dog okay you have a uh, orange tabby rescue cat that's almost three years old but his name is clifford and he is not in the neighborhood, nor will I go get him at this point. Okay. So you All miss right. out there. Um, and then the last time I was in Knoxville, it was when Georgia Tech, I'll make sure I got this right now. It was when Georgia Tech played Tennessee in basketball 
in the 2003-2004 season. They played at Thompson Bowling Arena, Georgia Tech. It's the last time I was there to work, let's put it that way. Um, and I haven't been back, I don't believe, since. Um, I've come through there. Uh, but Georgia Tech played Tennessee in basketball. I was still doing Georgia Tech. And uh, Georgia Tech won the game. The highlight of the day for me was that um, Glenn Thaxton, who, as you know, runs the ball network, came up to me as I got into the arena that day and said, where are you going to be in 15 minutes? And I said, well, I'll probably be right here in this area. And he said, John wants to see you. And John Ward came to the game that day and came down and we visited for about 10 minutes. And um, obviously I'd worked at Vanderbilt. I'd been at Georgia Tech a handful of years and went back to Knoxville to do that game that day. And John came down and we spent about 10, 15 minutes talking. And it was, as it was every time I was with him, it was just something that was very memorable to me. And I was extremely appreciative that he had done that and, and come down to visit. And, um, you know, he and I exchanged emails and notes uh, for a few years after that. And uh, it always meant a lot when I got a chance to spend with time with John, because when I got the Vanderbilt job at 26 in 1992, Vince, John and Larry Munson, and Jim Fife at Auburn, the late Jim Fife at Auburn, and Eli Gold at Alabama were the first handful of guys that reached out to a young guy doing games and you know, just were so gracious and became friends. And that always meant a lot. Wow. What an honor. John Ward, his last football call was that 98 yeah. national championship over Florida State. And with the Vol Network on our station as the flagship, we're airing some Vol Network classics in our oh. very first broadcast Saturday was that 98 championship game. You talk about people just sitting in parking lots, just listening to us wherever they were. And it's amazing. John Ward was talked about on social media as much as the game was. He meant that much to this fan base. It's it's amazing that, you know, nearly it's more than 20 years since he retired and obviously just a few years since he, a couple of years since he passed away. And one of the really disappointing times for me was when he passed away and they had the great memorial service at Thompson Bowling. And I couldn't be, I couldn't be there. I had something on the books and couldn't get out of it and was coming to Knoxville to come to the event. And, um, and the same thing unfortunately happened with Rod Bramlett when he passed away tragically about a year ago at Auburn. And, um, it's, it's bothered me for golly. I just can't begin to tell you, but he was so special. And, um, I, I just, I cherish the, the memories I have with him and, uh, my friend Stan Cotton, who's the voice of Wake Forest, who's a Knoxville native who played at Farragut High School and has been the voice of the Deacons now 25 years. Stan and I, you know, when, we, when we're together, we talk about, you know, what John's impact was. And, uh, you know, we've lost a lot of those guys in the last decade, Vince. And it's been, it's been tough. It's been hard in our business now to see the, the transitive nature of our business um, and the role that guys like John and Larry and golly, Kaywood Ledford, who they ran those great Westwood one tournaments at Indiana state, Michigan state game a few weeks ago that bird magic played on the NCAA radio network that Kaywood did the game with Kurt Gowdy. Are you kidding? Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, we, we've lost some of those guys and, um, it, it just harkens me back to my youth and the great memories of listening to those voices. Yeah. And you had the great pleasure of listening to your dad as well. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So. Having John Ward reach out to you, if that's not validation on how great of a broadcaster you are, I don't right. know what is. I hey, appreciate Russ, it. 
Great to see you. Thank you so much for the time. Thanks for being a sport with a three for V and stay healthy <laughs> and safe over there. All right. Thanks, Vince.